Hey marketers, if you want to get the latest news, trends, and insights in marketing, advertising, and tech, check out the Adweek Podcast Network. Learn from leading voices across media and marketing with original shows like Yeah, That's Probably an Ad, Marketing Vanguard, and Tech Magic with Kathy Hackle. Start listening now by searching Adweek wherever you listen to podcasts. My dad works in B2B marketing. He came by my school for career day and said he was a big ROAS man. Then he told everyone how much he loved calculating his return on ad spend. My friends still laugh at me to this day. Not everyone gets B2B, but with LinkedIn, you'll be able to reach people who do. Get $100 credit on your next ad campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash generate to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash generate. Terms and conditions apply. LinkedIn, the place to be, to be. Hey, this is David Greiner from Yeah, That's Probably an Ad. Uh, we are off enjoying the holiday break, as I hope you are as well, or getting close to it. Uh, but uh, we want to give you one more episode uh, to enjoy uh, in case you're checking out your podcast while you're taking some time away. And uh, this one is this is one of my favorite podcast episodes of the year, not from our show, uh, from another show from 20,000 Hertz, uh, which was just honored in the Adweek Podcast of the Year Awards in the innovation category. If you're not familiar with 20,000 Hertz, uh, hosted by Dallas Taylor, it is uh, just one of my favorites. I think you'd really enjoy it. It is a podcast about audio, uh, and it gets into some some stuff that marketers are very into, specifically this episode. Uh, it originally aired, I believe, back in February, uh, and it is about the I'm Loving It jingle from McDonald's, the history of this jingle, how it came about. Uh, it is fascinating. Uh, and so big thanks to 20,000 Hertz and Dallas for letting us uh, drop in the full episode here, uh, because I really do think that you will enjoy this one and get a lot out of it. So with no further ado, here is the I'm Loving It episode from the podcast 20,000 Hertz. When you're done, be sure to go subscribe to that one if you're not already listening to it. Here we go. By this point, the McDonald's I'm Lovin' It jingle has to be one of the most recognizable melodies in the world. How many times do you think you've heard it? Hundreds? Thousands? You're listening to 20,000 Hertz. For nearly 20 years, the I'm Lovin' It melody has been used in almost every McDonald's commercial. But getting to those five notes took a long time. McDonald's has always understood the power of a good jingle. And over the years, they've had tons of them. Early on, these often involved their mascot, Ronald McDonald. This is from their very first TV commercial back in 1963. And here's a nice groovy version from 1970. By the mid-80s, it was a good time for a great taste. And as McDonald's expanded into other countries, they made unique jingles for those places. In the United Kingdom, McDonald's made your day. In Germany, they were simply good. In Brazil, it was a delicious moment. It's 
At one point, they awarded free food to anyone who could recite their Big Mac slogan in under four seconds. If you can say, Two old beef patties, special sauce, lettuce, cheese, pickles, onions, and a sesame seed bun. In four seconds, you can win a free cup of Coke. It's that simple. Just say, It's two old beef patties, special sauce, lettuce, cheese, pickles, onions, on a sesame seed bun. In the late 80s, they took things a step further with the Million Dollar Menu song, which set the entire menu to music. Here goes! Big Mac McDLT, a quarter pounder with some cheese filet, a fish, a hamburger, a cheeseburger, a Happy Meal, McNuggets, tasty golden... In an epic promotion along the lines of Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, McDonald's printed over 80 million copies of this song on lightweight vinyl records and attached them to newspapers and magazines. On the one winning copy, the singers successfully made it through the entire menu. But on the losing copies, the singers would make a mistake at some point in the song. Oh, we're so sorry. The person listening to this record didn't win the big prize. But tell him to check out those coupons. Check out those coupons. And get him down to These over-the-top promotions and catchy jingles helped McDonald's spread across the globe through the 80s and 90s. But by the early 2000s, the company was in trouble. Their stock price was at a seven-year low, and for the first time in their history, they were losing money. At the time, public opinion about fast food was changing. Waistlines were expanding, and healthier diets were becoming more popular. By that point, some people had started to see Ronald McDonald not as a sweet clown, but as a symbol of childhood obesity. McDonald's hamburgers? Yeah! And some French fries? Hmm, yeah! don't they look delicious? Yeah! Other people thought that he was just plain creepy. <laughs> I know, you're not supposed to accept gifts from strangers either. But you're no stranger, you really are Ronald McDonald. <laughs> <laughs> McDonald's decided it was time to throw out the book and do something totally different. So, in the early 2000s, McDonald's launched an idea competition. 14 different ad agencies from around the world were asked to pitch a game-changing idea that could rejuvenate McDonald's. For the first time ever, McDonald's would use the single winning idea all over the world. They needed something special that would connect with people in every culture and every language. In Germany, an ad agency called Hyen Partner came up with the slogan, Ich liebe es, which roughly translates to, I'm loving it. The slogan was catchy, but the winning idea was supposed to include music. In order to bring this slogan to life, the agency reached out to a music production company called Mona Davis. My name is Tom Bottoy. And my name is Franco Tortora. And we founded Mona Davis around 30 years ago. This wasn't Tom and Franco's first encounter with McDonald's. A few years earlier, they'd been involved in a different McDonald's pitch, but it was rejected. We're so close. I mean, we're so close. But we lost it. And at that point, we said, my God, next time we're going to win it. So Tom and Franco set out to do what they do best, making music that connects with people. First of all, in my opinion, you don't think about it too much. The more you think you can calculate what moves people, the more you're losing the emotion. A few years earlier, they learned this lesson the hard way. We had to develop an audio logo for Siemens, and um, 
they wanted to use the Fibonacci number. We have to do mathematical music. And in the end, it didn't really work out because it was like too constructed. There was no soul in it. With McDonald's, they knew they needed something with soul. In the end, we said, okay, it has to be something really emotional. Something which moves people or which touches people. Tom and Franco got to work. Putting the words McDonald's and I'm loving it to music came pretty easily. But they knew something was missing. They needed a hook. Then one night, inspiration struck. You have to know that was like 2.30, 3 a.m. in the morning. So we were really, really tired. We already had a lot of white wine in us. We tried hummings and different kinds of singings and sing-alongs. And then I think it was one of the creative directors who said, try something with ba-la-la-ba-ba, whatever. And we started to do that. Yeah, and then somehow this melody came out. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And I said, well, that's pretty nice. And that was the point where we stopped the session because nobody could listen to anything anymore. The next morning, they listened back, starting with the last recording of the night. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. As soon as they heard it, they knew they had found a winner. It was pretty clear because we heard that and said, wow, that's good. And the other ones were not competitive to that. It wasn't big science. It was basically more that you hear and you develop something and then emotionally get grabbed. Always with a lot of things we do, we get emotionally grabbed by something. And then we say, oh, that's the thing. So that's how it came to the ba-da-ba-ba-ba, yeah. Tom and Franco believed they had found the winning melody, but they had to convince McDonald's too. Part of the challenge was to show that this short, simple melody could work in every country and every possible musical style. They were testing us, of course, and they were like, okay, well, if there's Olympic Games or if there's a country song or if there's whatever it is, can we use that and implement it in all our musical work we do worldwide? That's what he had to prove. Thankfully, the melody just worked. With this melody, you can do actually everything and you can like transform it in a lot of different musical styles. From Japanese singing to, like I said, Olympic Games. We all make the games. To Mexican. El simple gusto de querer a todos por igual. We did it because we were so confident that it will work everywhere. I mean, they tested us really a lot, but um, we did it. Tom and Franco were at an advertising festival in France when they found out the big news. I'm Loving It had won the idea competition. But instead of celebrating with the crowds around them, they hunkered down for days to hash out the deal. It was the first week where Tom and I saw the sun only from inside of the hotels, not from the outside, because we had to develop long versions, we had to develop short versions, we had to develop costs, we had meetings like all the time. So we were just sitting for a week in air-conditioned rooms, developing the realization of this campaign worldwide. It turned out, composing the music for I'm Loving It was the easy part. Now, they'd have to bring this jingle to 14 different countries. They said, oh, yeah, well, can you really manage to produce all countries? And so we were like, all right, here we go. What came next would be the most intense project of their careers. Seven months, thousands of mixes, billions of listeners, and even some controversy with a few famous singers. That's all coming up after the break. 
McDonald's has been using music to sell their brand since their very first TV commercial. They've had some memorable songs. And they've also had some not-so-memorable songs. Food, folks, and fun. Food, folks, and fun. You know the one. McDonald's for food, folks, and fun. These jingles helped McDonald's become an international behemoth of fast food. But by 2002, business wasn't great. Their stock price was falling, and people were looking for healthier options. As Fortune magazine said that year, quote, That good feeling has been hamburglered. To turn things around, McDonald's launched a massive campaign to find an idea that they could use not just in the U.S., but all over the world. The winning idea combined the phrase, I'm loving it, with a catchy five-note melody. Up to this point, McDonald's had never done a fully global campaign before. Every country had their own marketing teams and agencies, and they were used to doing things their way. Tom and Franco had to get all of these teams on board with this new sound. And as you might imagine, it didn't always go smoothly. We had these huge meetings and they had to tell them, you have to stop all your work because from now on, this will be the thing you have to incorporate in all your work. You have to use this no matter what. We had to explain the guys how to use the music so two musicians tell thousands of creative directors and client directors what they should do. No, they didn't like <laughs> us. They didn't like us. Some of these countries were just getting their own campaigns off the ground. It was very sad because there were like countries, they produced their first TV spots. And then somebody says, no, get it to the trash. And France also, they had made a whole new campaign with a whole new music. They built up a national campaign and had to break it. And they were really frustrated. Things only got more complicated from there. With this new campaign, McDonald's wanted to do something completely different. Before they launched it as a jingle, they wanted I'm Lovin' It to be a standalone hip-hop single. The idea was that people would develop a positive association with the song. Then they'd be more receptive when they heard it in a commercial. Back then, this kind of viral marketing was totally unheard of. To help them do it right, they turned to someone who knew the music industry inside and out. The big break came for me when I was asked to work on McDonald's. I'm loving it. That's Steve Stout. Steve was in charge of pulling off this Trojan horse marketing strategy. First the song, then the ads. Through the 90s, Steve had been a successful record executive, working with people like Will Smith and Nas. He'd seen how culture and technology were changing advertising in a way that older agencies weren't keeping up with. These clips came from a video podcast series out of Duke University called Left of Black. They came from a generation where you could push culture down. You could just force a message on you. Back when there were only three TV stations to choose from, this one-size-fits-all approach made more sense. So because you got three national networks, you think it's hard to force a message on people? If you just buy all three networks, you got them. But then cable TV came along, and then satellite, and then the internet. Over the course of a few decades, we went from three channels to almost endless options. Advertisers had to get more creative, and Steve wanted to be the one to help them do it. I'm going to be the guy who translates what's taking place in culture and help you promote your brand to the consumer in a culturally authentic, connective way. 
Using his connections in the music industry, Steve started bringing rappers into the studio. The first person they considered was pretty well known. And they brought a very famous rap star in. I can't tell you the name really. I mean, I would love to, but very famous rap star. This particular rap star had a bit of a rebellious reputation. It was some problems involved in like drug using, I have to say it, you know, I mean, for this rap star. Eventually, McDonald's decided to go with someone a little more squeaky clean, Justin Timberlake. At the time, Tom and Franco were pretty skeptical about that decision. We always said, oh, he can't rap. He's a pop star. We don't think he can rap. I never heard him rapping. Whether or not he could rap, there was no doubt that Justin Timberlake could bring some serious star power to the I'm Loving It campaign. On the track, Justin was joined by Pharrell Williams and Chad Hugo of the Neptunes. Together, they got to work transforming this short audio logo into a four-minute pop single. Months before the new ads were scheduled to release, the song mysteriously leaked online and started getting picked up by radio stations. As intended, there was no mention of McDonald's anywhere in the song. Instead, it featured fairly generic, um, romantic lyrics like this. After the song had started to circulate, McDonald's announced their partnership with Justin. Of course, most of his fans had no idea that the song they had been hearing was conceived by McDonald's. This Trojan horse strategy was already working. By this point, Tom and Franco were completely exhausted. It was seven months daily where you sleep about five hours. You have conference calls which take about 12 hours where you have a guy sitting beside you while you're sleeping, waking you up if the topic is interesting for you. It was crazy. You have to understand it's not just one thing for the whole world. No, it's like thousands of things for the world. I mean, just the mixing amount, the final versions when it came out were 3,700 mixes. You heard that right. 3,700 final mixes. After all that work, I'm loving it, was ready for the world. In late 2003, McDonald's launched the I'm Loving It ad campaign. The ads included Justin Timberlake flirting on a rooftop, breakdancers, skateboarders, surfers, BMX bikers, and a few cheeseburgers. All of the commercials used a version of the Justin Timberlake song with additional rap verses that varied by country. In America, the raps were performed by Pusha T and his brother No Malice. Here's what it sounded like in Russia. Here's the Spanish version. And here's the Bulgarian version. Finally, right after the ad campaign, the I'm Loving It single was officially released. It reached the top 20 in many European countries and was a number one hit in Belgium. In the U.S., it made it into the top 100. Soon after, Justin embarked on a sponsored tour of the U.S. and Europe called McDonald's Presents, Justin Timberlake, Lovin' It Live. 
After the campaign had launched, Tom and Franco could finally take a break. At that point, they were pretty sick of hearing that melody. I slept for a week, and I think I was off for a couple of weeks because I couldn't hear the melody anymore. I couldn't hear the word McDonald's anymore. So it was pretty hard. I didn't speak for two weeks. I didn't speak. And I speak a lot. If you are surrounded with a melody for such a long time and with such intensity, you just want to get rid of that melody because it dominates your brain. And wherever you hear something like that, it's like, oh my God, no. It takes some time to recover. That's true. It took me like two months or three months till I really was back in track and uh, could be proud of it. <laughs> but all of that work paid off big time for McDonald's. The I'm Loving It campaign was originally scheduled to run for just two years. Now, almost two decades later, it's still going strong. Since it launched, McDonald's has gone all in on this campaign, to the point where they're paying superstars to record it. There was this version by Destiny's Child. They've done one about the Travis Scott meal. The Travis Scott meal, just six dollars. Say Cactus Jack sent you. And they've done the J Balvin meal. The J Balvin meal. Get it on the McDonald's app. And the McFlurry is on me. I'm loving it. They've even licensed animated characters like Donkey from Shrek. I'm loving it. And the Minions. <laughs> Over the years, this audio logo has also had its fair share of controversy. In an interview with Hot 97 radio station, Steve Stout credited Pusha T with creating I'm Loving It. You know who did that? Who wrote that? Pusha T. Pusha T wrote that. Oh, wow. That's crazy that Pusha T wrote the song for McDonald. While Pusha T did have a verse on one of the first commercials, his representative claimed that he wrote the entire song. Soon enough, that story started spreading through the media. When I heard that, I was like, what? <laughs> because Pusha T was basically a background singer in this crowd of Pharrell. It got public very fast, especially in the net. But it's proven that we did it. Nowadays, Pusha T refuses to comment on the McDonald's jingle. He's, quote, eager to move on to new subjects. For Tom and Franco, this sort of thing was nothing new. He was just another one who claimed to be the composer. I mean, we had court cases because people were, like, accusing us that we stole the melody. And we won, of course, everyone. But people think they can make a lot of money. Despite a reported $6 million payment for his involvement, Justin Timberlake says he now regrets the deal. In an interview with GQ, Justin said that McDonald's stock, quote, went up by 25% when I walked into those offices and changed their image. For McDonald's, I'm Loving It has been a huge commercial success. It's one of the biggest, most successful marketing campaigns of all time. It's up there with Nike's Just Do It and Apple's Think Different. McDonald's chief marketing officer went as far as calling I'm Loving It a multi-billion dollar asset. These days, you don't actually hear the words I'm Loving It in McDonald's commercials as much as you used to. Most of the time, you just hear those five iconic notes. The melody really does work in every musical style and context. For something that seems so simple, it's brilliant. 
It's not just playing songs. It's not just playing music. It's that people get touched. It's an international language. Music is about time and place and moods. And so a lot of things come together to make music magic. And you never can really say when the moment is. Twenty Thousand Hertz is hosted by me, Dallas Taylor, and produced out of the sound design studios of DeFacto Sound. For some sonic inspiration, follow DeFacto Sound on Instagram or visit defactosound.com. This episode was written and produced by Fran Board and me, Dallas Taylor, with help from Sam Sneebly. It was story edited by Casey Emerling. It was edited and sound designed by Soren Bejan and Colin Devarney. Thanks to our guests, Tom Patoy and Franco Tortora from the Mona Davis Music Production Company. You can learn more about their work at monadavis.com. What jingle do you think 20,000 Hertz should cover next? You can tell us on Facebook, Twitter, on our subreddit, or by writing hi at 20k.org. Thanks for listening. Hey, David Greiner at Adweek back. Uh, thanks again to 20,000 Hertz and Dallas Taylor for letting us uh, share that episode in full. Hope you enjoyed it. Don't forget, you can reach us anytime at podcast at adweek.com. That's podcast at adweek.com. Our theme music is by home. And this episode was produced by Al Manorino and edited by Lane McGibney on top of all the editing and work that went into the original 20,000 Hertz episode. For Adweek, I'm David Greiner, and we'll be back with you in 2022.